Hey guys, it's Johnny Cadillac, and at this time I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting this podcast, Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I really couldn't do it without your support. This last week has been a very trying time for me. Had some things happen that now I'm just trying to go back to living life and uh, getting readjusted to things with some changes I was forced to make. And, you know, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here to ask for sympathy. just want to say thank you. Because if it wasn't for your support, it would have been very easy for me to say. And honestly, I think it would be very easy for others to understand if I was to just say, I'm not going to do an episode this week. I, I've just had too much going on. But the fact that I have you guys supporting me and downloading these episodes, subscribing to this podcast, and reaching out to me, looking just even simple Facebook likes on the upcoming episodes. And then we've had a series of snafus for today's episode with the Facebook Live. Again, you know, I do, try to put all my interviews on Facebook Live. Well, the program wasn't working for us today. The cameras weren't working right for us. Life goes on. I went ahead. I still want to get this interview out there. And again, the sole reason is because of your guys' support. I could not do this podcast without each and every one of you supporting me. So I really want to just thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, for the support you've shown, for helping me live my dream in this industry as a pro wrestling ring announcer and podcaster and you know radio personality. I've been through so much. But the show must go on. And without further ado, today's episode, I got the opportunity to interview the American outlaw Tyler Bodine and though the Facebook world couldn't see it on Facebook live I hope that you enjoy this interview and thank you again for supporting and listening to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast again my name is Johnny Cadillac and here is my interview with the American outlaw Tyler Bodine it's time are you ready Let's start the show. And welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Pod. Excuse me. Welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host Johnny Cadillac, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, it, it's been a week so far, but uh, show must go on. And I'm really looking forward to today's interview. Joining me today on the, for this podcast is the American Outlaw Tyler Bodine. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Johnny. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. It's good to be here. Um, so I, I want to just get right right into it. Uh, I posted on Facebook, again, to those who were wanting to try to watch the Facebook Live of this episode. Sorry that the technical difficulties did not allow us to do so, but I hope you enjoy this audio podcast. But when we were promoting today's episode, we had Seth Goldberg in the comments, and uh, I, I need to talk to you about that. I, of course, I was sure. there in Arlington Heights, Illinois, Last Sunday, where you and Chris Wildcard Mercer faced Brian Blade and Sean Hernandez in a very chaotic tag team match, to say the least. I remember at one point seeing you use the cowbell on Mr. Seth Goldberg himself. 
But he just went on and said, wants to know what it was like for you to get your chest slapped by him, the commissioner of last Sunday's show, and he is waiting for you, wants to come after you when MWA comes back to Arlington Heights, whenever that may be. Tyler, at this time, I want to give you the floor to address what's going on. Well, his biggest mistake of his his life was laying his hands on me. You see, if he would have just stayed out of the way and stayed in and stayed in his wheelchair over by the concessions or out of my business, I would have never old Bertha would have never touched him. But see, he got in my business. He got in Chris Wildcard Mercer's business, and when Chris and I are together. Bad, th- bad things happen. And he he wants to know how it felt when he slapped me. Quite frankly, I didn't feel it. He slaps like a girl. He slaps like a girl. And he needs to stay behind the scenes and stay out of my business. Now, especially working with those Arlington Heights shows and being as involved with the shows as he as he is especially with your cowbell shot to him, are you worried about any possible uh, repercussions from here? Oh, because see, Seth don't have enough balls to stand up to me. I mean, he can't stand anyways in a damn wheelchair, but I mean, he uh, he don't have enough balls to to confront me again. He may, he may want to... He, he's like a keyboard warrior. He gets on there and talks, 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 talks. But see, I... Myself and good old Bertha laid him out cold. He had little five- and six-year-old kids coming up asking if he was okay. Seth, it would be in your best interest, if you're listening to this, just to stay out of my business. You want to book shows, promote matches, fine. But other than that, you stay out of my business. Now, I do want to ask, I, I saw some posts going into last Sunday's show from Mr. John Park and the national international alliance really came in full numbers last Sunday at the Arlington Heights show. But I'm seeing some rumor. Is is there trouble within the rankings at the international alliance at this time? No, no. See, there there's no there's no trouble at all. You see, the international alliance are are taking a break. This necessarily mean there's any trouble within the ranks. See, the, the original members of the international alliance were the four guys you saw and everybody saw in Arlington Heights. Mr. John Park, Fabian Barbosa, Chris the Wildcard Mercer, and yours truly, the American Outlaw Tyler Modine. The four of us are the original founding members of the International Alliance. We've run roughshod over the Midwest for quite some time. And unfortunately, things happened and Right now, the International Alliance are on hiatus. But let me, I will assure you that there is no trouble between myself, Chris, Fabian, or Mr. John Park. Okay, yeah, and it seemed like there wasn't any trouble within the ranks there. I just saw the, the Facebook post, so, you know, as a fan, as a spectator, I was concerned. So I'm, I appreciate you for clearing the air there. Um, but we sure. saw it. We saw the International Alliance a number of times at the Arlington Heights show. And really, starting right off the bat, we had the Wild Man Beast taking on a young up-and-coming prospect and uh, beat him within record time and looked like he was about to announce his retirement. 
before the International Alliance got involved there. Uh, do you have any words that... I guess, what's what's going on between Beast and you guys? Uh, what, what's your thoughts on all this? So, and I figured you would ask me about, about what happened with Beast. See, the problem is, Beast, I have a lot of respect for Beast. Beast was the best man at my wedding. He, uh, Beast and I go way back. But you see, recently, he wants to stick his nose in the International Alliance business. And I was a member of the International Alliance long before Beast was ever my best man at my wedding, long before I was ever friends with the wild man Beast. And you see, the International Alliance, we stick together. And if he sticks his nose in Fabian Barbosa's business, Mr. John Park's business, or the Wildcard Mercer's business for that matter, He's sticking his nose in my business as well. And as you can see, when people mess with the International Alliance and we're all on the same page, bad things happen. And the Wild Man Beast got a good taste of that at the beginning of the show in Arlington Heights. Do you think you have encouraged him to not hang up the boots quite yet? Do you think he... I mean, I'm assuming you're not worried... Similar with Seth, it sounds like you're not too worried about repercussions from him because he was pretty upset after that attack and he got involved later on in the show but uh i don't know what's your thoughts do you think beast is done or do you think he's got a little more fight left in him beast is a stubborn old man he beast a legend in this business anybody that disagrees with that is wrong i i will give credit where credit is due beast is a legend in this business but there's a time and a place when, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for 12 years, not nearly as long as Beast, but there's a time in this business where you need to pick your battles. Beast is a big man. He's a very mean individual, a strong individual, and I don't think he's done, but it might be in his best interest to not pick a battle that he can't win when it comes to trying to fight the International Alliance. Fair enough, right there. I mean, and you guys, very much so in strong numbers. It was very apparent at Arling- at the Arlington Heights MWA show last week. Now, I want to talk to you. You said the four of you who were there, yourself, Chris the Wildcard Mercer, Mr. John Park, and Fabian Barbosa, you are the four original members. Can you tell us, just for those who may not know, kind of the history with the International Alliance, how long you guys have been around and as a group and so on and so forth? Yeah, so it's been a... Uh... I want to say probably almost uh, almost three years strong. Um, there was uh, we started with in uh, we started in, with a small organization, and uh, uh, that organization is is irrelevant nowadays. So okay. I won't give them the credit the credit by not mentioning their names. But uh, no, we we started. Um, John Park actually brought us together about. About three, about two and a half to three years ago, and uh, literally from the moment we were a team, we uh, beat everybody in our path. And I mean, there was a time where me and Barbosa were tag team champions. Unfortunately, we lost those titles. They turned on me, but the saying goes, "Friends, when friends don't agree, 
they they fight it out, and eventually, at the end of the night, they shake hands, go have a beer, and 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 basically forget anything happened. And that's exactly what happened in Arlington Heights. You know, it's been a while since I was in the ranks of the International Alliance, uh, but it felt good to be back. Um, and you know, we, myself, Mercer, Barbosa, and Park, when we we beat the probably for the last year we uh we beat the hell out of each other because i mean they had turned turned on me but uh we're men and you know sometimes sometimes uh we uh we beat each other up and then afterwards we shake hands and go about our business and like i said that's what happened in Arlington Heights. we were all back together again it felt good you know the the four original members together again and uh i definitely think we left a good lasting impression on the Arlington Heights crowd. And uh, if anybody is stupid enough to get in our way the next time Arlington Heights, MWA comes to Arlington Heights, they're going to feel the same wrath that uh, the Wild Man Beast felt, Seth Goldman felt, and Brian Blade and Hernandez for that matter. And I want to talk to you a little more about that. Uh, it's very apparent that the International Alliance has history very much so with Brian Blade. Anyone who follows MWA knows, especially Brian Blade and Mr. John Park, have had beef for a long time that may never be settled. It's also very apparent that you guys have had issues with the Wild Man Beast. Just amazing. And even Seth Goldberg himself seems to be kind of sticking his nose a little more in the sand than he should. Uh, but there's definitely history there. It's very apparent. Now, was this... Your first time working with uh, Hernandez this last Sunday? Yes, yes, it was. Okay, how was, just for you as a wrestler, or even the wrestling fan going into it, how was it for you being able to share a ring going against somebody who's made it big, as in Hernandez? I mean, it, it felt great. I mean, I was I was glad to share the ring with Hernandez. I, uh, my favorite, um, low-key, my favorite tag team in TNA was uh, LAX. Okay. Hernandez and Hopkins. Hernandez and Homicide, and uh, I got nothing but respect for uh, Hernandez. It just sucks that he had to uh, have a pretty shitty tag team partner because you know I, you know I know Hernandez is gonna never forget me um, after the, the beating. You know they may him and uh, Brian Blade may have came out on top, but it wasn't without uh, repercussions. Do you see there ever being an end to the rivalry between the International Alliance with Brian Blade? Honestly, I, I don't know. Um, Brian Blade is a very stubborn man. And, you know, maybe he'll come to his senses someday. Or maybe I might just have to keep hitting him out with old Bertha. Maybe knock some more brain cells loose. Who knows? But, Hopefully someday he will come to his senses. Okay, and now anyone who knows you, Obertha being your your cowbell, correct? Yes. How long how long has that been part of your uh, repertoire? Has it been around with you for all twelve years that you've been wrestling now? Uh no, it has been around. I wouldn't say Obertha came into my life probably uh, probably about four years ago. Okay, and she's been. Knocking skulls all over the Midwest. There you go. Simple, simple as that. Now, 
when I've gotten to know you over the last few years, mostly in the Nebraska scene, I haven't been able to travel out to Illinois as much, especially until the last year or so where I've now been able to do a couple shows. But, you know, the International Alliance, I I feel, is more of a group involved in the state of Illinois. And um, so not necessarily in Nebraska, but I've seen the American outlaw Tyler Bodine and so many different different areas in MWA within uh, especially Lincoln, Nebraska. I want to take some time to kind of focus on over on this neck of the woods now. And really, I don't know. I don't know if you feel like I'm wasting your time by asking this, but it's caught my eye. When I first got to know you, it seemed like one referee who wants to be a wrestler and Hillbilly Bubbles all of a sudden is talking <laughs> a lot of trash to you wanting to step up to you, and I don't know if we ever got the match that we've been wanting to see between the two of you. Uh, what's your thoughts on all this and your history with Hillbilly Bubbles? Oh, boy. So, Hillbilly Bubbles, ever since, I mean, I've been working for Brian Blade for probably, I want to say probably eight years now, maybe. Okay. Um, but ever since, ever since I came into, uh, the locker room of NWA, this fat-ass referee that wants to be a wrestler named Hillbilly Bubbles wants to wrestle me for some reason. How he wants to wrestle John Park. John Park's a re- uh, manager. John Park is not a wrestler. No, don't get me wrong. John Park will kick his ass. But the thing is, he, Hillbilly Bubbles needs to stay where he belongs. And that's barely being a referee because, quite frankly, he sucks. But, no, we have not ever had that match because, quite frankly, I'm scared of what will happen to Hillbilly Bubbles. He may never referee again. He may never step foot in a wrestling ring again. And as far as I know, he is Brian Blade's right-hand man when it comes to setting up the wrestling ring. If Brian ever wants him to be his right-hand man again, this match will never happen because, quite frankly, I will end Billy Bubbles once and for all, and I will make so many people happy because all he does is run his mouth and wants to talk crap over and over and over again, and he doesn't know where to sit down and shut up and just be a referee. Alright, fair enough. Again, no arguments from me. I'm sure Hillbilly Bubbles will be listening to this episode when it comes out. And uh, honestly, I think he should. I think he should take this as a word of warning. What do you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if he does, I mean, if he has any brain cells in his in his little skull, he would take this into consideration and uh, just continue to be a referee and not worry about trying to step into the ranks of being a professional wrestler because he's going to get hurt. Now, do you feel there's been times where you've wrestled a match with Bubbles as a referee that you did not necessarily come out victorious that you feel you would have had there been a different referee? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's cost me practically every match I'm in that he referees. He cost me the match. I mean, somehow it's, it's a fast count or something, but he always, every I dread when it's announced that he's going to referee my match. I dread, dread it because I know how much he loves to cost me matches. 
So it's almost like he has kind of a personal vendetta against you is what it seems like you oh, feel absolutely. here. Absolutely he does. He absolutely does. Now, I want to talk more about kind of the Lincoln scene in MWA. I've seen you, you know, you've teamed with Gio Bronco. Unfortunately, he was not able to make it to the Arlington Heights show last week due to some personal issues. But you guys have teamed together a number of times in the past. I also know firsthand, as I am very, very into the mix with it, that there are currently no MWA Tag Team Champions after the Rebel Hearts were stripped of the championship. Now, do you have kind of your mind, uh, your eyes set on the MWA tag tiles? Or are you hoping for some more singles, some singles gold first? Or what's kind of your ambition there? Honestly, um, I mean, if the tag team titles are up for grabs, I mean, I'll definitely think, uh, I mean, me personally, I will, uh, on my way to Nebraska, I'll stop in Iowa City, pick up Chris Mercer, and we'll come and we'll beat whoever is across the ring from us. Um, but when it comes to singles gold, Brian Blade is the only guy that I know that owns a company and still finds a way to be champion. See, he, we have only, I've wrestled Brian Blade on numerous occasions. But he's only put that championship up one time. And that was back in 2019 in Two Harbors, Minnesota. And I have never got another championship match since then. So, yes, I want the MWA Heavyweight Championship. Okay, so and I won't, I won't stop until I get that seems to be that that is your number one focus and honestly you know i'm not a wrestler myself but i don't blame you that you ask any big time wrestler who made it big and they say if your goal is not to be world champion in the promotion you're working for why wrestle in the first place exactly so i mean okay so you said you haven't actually had a title shot since against brian blade since 2019 have you had opportunities where you've been victorious against brian blade since and i don't want to play devil's advocate but just want to get my facts straight. No, because every time, every time I wrestled Brian Blade, the referee was that fat ass to Billy Bubbles, and his fast count always cost me the match. Okay, yeah, no, that's a, that's very likely. You know, we we already have heard your thoughts and your feelings toward Hillbilly Bubbles and just how he cost you. So, and you said already that there's numerous times where you should have should have been victorious in your matches where you were not able to because of hillbilly bubbles it's just weird to me but it makes sense that it always seems to circle back to him like like you said johnny he's got a vendetta out against me do you have any idea what caused this vendetta he has he's jealous he's jealous does he just see jealous he's jealous that he is not on my level okay I mean, he sees the success of the American outlaw, Tyler Bodine, and, you know, just barely coming out of the ranks of refereeing, he just wishes he had that success? Yeah, and I mean, he'll never have that success because he sucks. He is just a glorified guy that sets up the wrestling ring, and the promoter feels sorry for him, so they let him referee. Fair enough, fair enough. So we uh, we kind of covered MWA, and that's 
I uh, very very much so appreciate the feedback you've given given throughout this interview thus far. Now let's talk a little more. Uh, are there other promotions you are working for outside of MWA right now? You're a you're a championship a champion somewhere else, aren't you? So I was until last night. I uh, I wrestle every month for uh, New Breed Wrestling in uh, Missouri. Okay. They travel all they travel all over the state of Missouri, and uh, unfortunately, last night my uh, United States title reign ended after 378 days. Oh, very impressive. Um. So, but. Um, but yeah, and uh, um, like I said, I'm I'm in Missouri every month, and then uh, I sporadically bounce around the Midwest um, the remainder of the of the months. So you're definitely keeping busy in the ring, to say the least, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. Okay. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now I want to talk to... Uh, Tyler Bodine, kind of the wrestling fan, because really, I don't think, you know, for those who aren't familiar with you or just getting to know you through this podcast or just recent shows or whatever it may be, but from what I've gathered, uh, you're a Hulk Hogan fan through and through, but you also kind of contribute your wrestling career and persona to Stan Hansen. Now, you and I are around the same age, and I feel like Stan Hansen's not really brought up a lot in kind of the mouths of our generation, but to me that I I really like that the fact that you uh, look up to him so much and contribute so much of what you do in the ring to him. You want to expand on this a little bit? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I uh, I call myself the modern day Stan Hansen. I mean, I um, I mean, yeah, I I grew up idolizing Hulk Hogan, but I also um, idolized Santa Hansen, and I love I loved his character, um, his gimmick, um, and I and when I that's basically how I became the American Outlaw is by embodying myself after Stan Hansen. Okay. I'm assuming you have a little bit better vision than Stan Hansen does, at least, though. Well, I mean, I do wear glasses, so my vision's not the greatest. No, fair enough. I mean, I wear glasses, too, so I can't <laughs> shed light uh, against what you're saying there. But, um, okay, I guess we'll, you, we kind of contribute a little bit, but tell, tell me about, tell us about your kind of fa fascination with wrestling. Have you always been a wrestling fan before you got involved in the business yourself? 
Yes, yes. I uh, he said I grew up a huge wrestling fan. Um, something I wanted to do since I was a kid. Um, I remember going to, you know, going to shows at the Allstate Arena when I was younger, up by Chicago. Um, I've gone to uh, going to shows in Peoria. Um, yeah, I grew up a huge, huge wrestling fan. And was it mostly, I mean, was it mostly WWF and then into WCW? You know, again, you mentioned Hogan. Yeah, yeah it was uh, mostly WWF and uh, WWE, transitioning into uh, WWE. Okay. So when did, uh, when did your fascination for Stan Hansen kind of come along? Uh, I, uh, when, when WWE Network first came out, I, uh, um, I loved, I, I loved old school wrestling and I started watching it and I'm like, and I immediately, um, started, started embodying Sam Hansen and what he stood for. And I just, I loved everything about his mannerisms and his, his actions and his gimmick. And it was, everything was great. Okay. And it's still, I mean, I, I hold a soft spot, a sp excuse me, soft spot in my heart for Stan Hansen and myself. You know, I was actually attended the WrestleMania and the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony the year that Stan Hansen went into the WWE Hall of Fame. So that's where uh, I, I don't get the chance enough to talk about Stan Hansen, so I've very much so been able and uh, been enjoying being able to t discuss him with you today. Absolutely. Stan, my, uh, Stan Hansen is... He should have been a WWE champion. Okay. I mean, when you think about it, he was never WWE champion or WWE heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, and I feel that he's one of the he's one of one of if not the greatest of all time to never hold WWE championship gold, WWE heavyweight title. Now, is there a is there a Stan Hansen match that sticks out to you as one of, if not your favorite, at least of his matches? Um, any match with Bruiser Brody in Japan. Okay. I mean those those matches. I mean that was rest. Those were those two guys beat the hell out of each other, and that's when I re when I rest. That's that's how I that's how I like to work. I I was trained old school, and I like to wrestle old school, and that's why I like old school wrestling so much and if anybody gets a chance to watch a Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen match they're in for a treat I'm sure <laughs> much blood has been spilled to say the least in, in those matches yes so I mean okay you said you know you came across Stan Hansen you kind of idolized him and kind of carried yourself to uh, follow his legacy so to speak with that said, again, you've been a wrestling fan your whole life. You've always wanted to be a pro wrestler. Did you always see yourself more as a wrestling heel? Or was there ever a time where you thought, oh, let's maybe do the babyface thing more? So, like I said earlier, I've been doing this for 12 years. And the first eight years, I was a babyface. Okay. And I came into, actually, I came into an NWA show one day. And uh, Ryan Blade's like, hey, I need a heel. Never worked heel a day in my life, but I took it and I ran with it. 
and I've been heel ever since. And I enjoy pissing people off. <laughs> Fair That's enough. So, I mean, if if you had it your way, then, I mean, you, you can't help but to, I I feel like any wrestler in general, whether a heel or face, if they have the support from the crowd, probably can't help but smile. You did say that you enjoy pissing people off. If you had it your way, do you stick to being a heel the rest of your time wrestling? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. All right, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, there's there's so much, there's that flip. Or that switch, when once you flip it, I just, I don't know. I, you know, in Lincoln, I've been booed probably more than I've been cheered. Anywhere else, you know, I'm I'm a ring announcer, so it makes sense to just fire up the crowd. But I don't know. It, it's something about, I feel like there's more opportunity when you get to uh, upset people. It might be a little more difficult to do, and some people were naturally made for either a heel or face role, I just feel there's so much more, really so much more fun to be had when you're in that role to upset the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You see, it's so many people get butthurt because they don't get their, they don't get their way and they want to see, I I don't like, I don't like people. I don't like fans. I really don't like Seth Goldberg. And I hate that name. And it's just so easy and so, feels so good just to piss Seth off, the fans, everybody. I just, because I don't like people. Fair enough. Now, going back to your career, and you did mention having your eyes set on the MWA Heavyweight Championship, again, as any wrestler should, but do you have it in your mind? Do you hope that? If and when that day comes, is there a big part of you that hopes it's Brian Blade that you is the one that you would take the title from as opposed to anybody else in that MWA locker room? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait for the day to finally beat down Brian Blade. And I hope his wife and kids are in attendance so I can beat him down in front of his wife and kids. Oh, strong, strong words. But you really seemed... You really seem passionate about what you're saying, so really no argument from me. It seems like the path is kind of set in front of you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what were, what were some career highlights that you've had up until this point that you'd like to share at this time? Um, Definitely being uh, the longest reigning uh, new breed wrestling United States champion out of Missouri, like I said, 300 and 78 days, unfortunately, came came to an end last night. But, you know, I live another day. Um, I've got to travel across the U.S. Um, I've been I've wrestled in, I believe, 13 or 14 states. I've been as far as North Carolina, Alabama, all the way to Wyoming. I've been all over the mid all over the Midwest wrestling and. Uh, you know, I've, knock on wood, it's been one hell of a ride. I don't know how much I got left in the tank, but, you know, what? I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, and I, I just, I really appreciate that about you. When I found out uh, just, you know, how old you are and the fact that, you know, I kept mentioning you and I are very similar in age, but you said 
yeah, I may be this young, but I've been doing this for 12 years. That really does take its toll. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've been, like I said, uh, I uh, graduated high school at the age of 18 and started professional, started training to be a professional wrestler and been doing it ever since, man. I've uh, been doing this since 2010. Um, and it's, yeah, 12 years doesn't isn't as long as some some like for instance beast has been doing it for over 30 um but i mean i'm sure beast can test this it definitely definitely takes a toll on your body yeah very much so i mean it to me when beast was kind of given his retirement speech at the end of the uh of his match at the mwa show in arlington heights illinois i mean he i was i was buying it for sure he seemed like you know, the match wasn't too long, but he's been doing this a long time. He seemed really worn out and really looking forward to maybe what's next in life. And uh, I don't know. So I think firsthand I could I could see that in him. And I'm sure he would agree with what you're saying there. Oh, yeah. More, more than likely, most definitely. Yep. So now I, I don't ask this question enough, but I think I should. You know, wrestling is something obviously you're very passionate about. And you've been doing this for a long time. Can you tell us at this time, did the pandemic that, you know, this whole world went through, did it take a lot of a toll on your wrestling career during that couple of years? Yeah, it, uh, it definitely, uh, well, see, I had, uh, I got COVID, uh, back in, uh, 2020 and I lost my voice and still, never fully got it back so it really uh it's hard when you try to do a promo and you saw like a 12 year old boy that just, that just hit puberty so yeah it definitely uh definitely took a toll on me for sure so i mean so i guess did you consider it blessing enough then that you were still even able to wrestle despite going through because it seems like you had one of the more negative co- cases of covid i'd say well, I mean, I was definitely, I mean, I, I don't talk about it a lot, but I, uh, I thought I was going to die. I mean, I was on my, I was on my deathbed for like three days. I thought I was going to die. It was, it was pretty, pretty bad, but you know, by the grace of God, I, uh, pulled through and I mean, I'm, you know, I thankful I only lost my voice and I'm still here. Yeah. No um, kidding. So, yeah. Well, and honestly, I, you know, we've been friends for quite a while now and I, don't know if I even knew that, that, you know, you had COVID. I feel like at this point, most people can say they've had it, but to hear right. how, how bad that was for you, I'm, I'm, as your friend, I'm so thankful that, you know, it didn't do worse and you're still here with us. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to go somewhere and find somebody that has had COVID, um, or know somebody that has had COVID. I feel like, um, unfortunately it's, it's almost like the flu now where, like, everybody, anywhere you go, somebody be like, yeah, I had COVID, or yeah, I know so-and-so who had COVID, or I know I had the flu, or I know so-and-so who had the flu. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. No, it's something that's probably going to stick around as well. Now, was that the only time, are you at least fortunate enough to say that's the only time you've had it then was when it was yes. that bad time? Yep. Yep. Unfor- unfortunately, my... uh my 16-month-old daughter was not so lucky. She had COVID twice, and she's only 16 months old. Oh, no. That, that's but, terrible. 
Yeah, but, but you know, I'm very thankful though that uh, she got through that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it seems like kids are very much so resilient with COVID, and it's tough for yep. me. You know, I'm not a father myself, but to hear somebody that young having to experience it now two times, it's that's awful. But I'm glad that you know she's made it through. I'm glad you've made it through. I appreciate that. So, you know, there's. Yeah, I kind of want to ask you, I guess, okay, you said you don't know how much longer your your career is going on. You also made mention you have sights on becoming MWA heavyweight champion. Of course, you want the yep. International Alliance to make it even further in this business. Do you have any other uh, any other goals at this time for, for either yourself or the American Alliance, or the International Alliance, sorry? I would love to uh, go... To wrestle overseas, I mean, okay. I uh, I would love to take my, take the boys with me too. Like go to Japan, Mexico, Canada, England. It would be it'd be awesome. That's yeah. No, I I think that's a very very formidable goal, and hopefully you're able to get your name out there even more. The fact that you've wrestled in so many states now, hopefully you know I'm in your corner on that. Hopefully. I wish nothing but the most success for you, and I really hope that you're able to accomplish that goal. I appreciate. It. I hope so. Like I said it's uh, you just keep pushing, man. Never give up. Now, I mean, are you? You're not worried about losing your your position in the ranks and and everything with Seth Goldberg. I know you already said you don't like him, so it's probably being a little painful for you to hear his name, but. Some somewhere along, like the altercation you had with him, you don't think it's gonna harm your chances of making it further, right? No, no, no. See, Seth, he's he's just one of those guys, a wrestling fan that puts on a show a couple times a year. Seth is Seth. Open up a bag of worms, and he is gonna regret ever opening. And he bit off a lot more than he could chew. When he put his nose in the international alliance business and my business. Fair enough. Simple enough right there. Now, again, you, you worked with Sean Hernandez last Sunday. Uh, fell a little short, but, you know, you have your sights clear and says kind of a fluke victory for him and Brian Blades. I am not going to debate you. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to say anything one way or the other on that. But to me, I feel like, that would have been such a cool experience. You already mentioned your love for LAX. Has there been other kind of world-renowned televi- television stars that you've been fortunate enough to share the ring with during your career up to this point? Um, yeah, actually, I uh, one of my trainers, um, God rest his soul, Tracy Smothers, okay. ECW, ECW original. I got to team with him. I've wrestled him on a few occasions. Um, definitely, definitely some highlights of my career for sure. Okay, that's yes, yeah, no doubt. Now we we've made mention of so many different names and um, so many different circumstances, the possibility of so many different wrestlers hanging up their boots. But one thing I want to get a little serious now at this time. Um, a good friend of mine, one of the one of the men in this sport that I respect more than anybody else, Chief Atakula Kula. You know his his career's winding down. Uh, he has seen sure. he has seen far. He will see far less 
ahead in his career than what's behind him. And really a legendary career, I think, has been wrestling longer than I've been alive. Any words that you would like to share about Chief Atakula Kula, what he's meant to you, sharing the locker room, anything you'd like to share involving Chief at this time? Absolutely. Chief, Chief Atakula Kula, man, I, if you're listening to this, I, I wish you nothing but the best, man. I've always enjoyed sharing the locker room with you. I've enjoyed wrestling you. I, I know we've only got to wrestle a few ki- few times. Um, hopefully before you officially, officially hang up the boots. Um, and hopefully it's not too late. Hopefully I get to wrestle you at least one more time. Um, he has taught me so much. Um, definitely a legend in this business that uh, every time I got to sit underneath his learning tree was, uh, was a treat in itself. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Now, you mentioned sitting under his learning tree. If you see somebody up and coming in this business that would catch your eye, what is, what's advice that you would like to give them? Mouth shut, ears and eyes open. Yeah. <laughs> simple, simple phrases. A simple phrase, but could really go a long way if you really think about it. Exactly. Exactly. And just, I mean, look up to the veterans, yep. and you guys, you've been doing this for a long time. You know what you're doing. You know what you're saying. And you, I really feel if you have somebody young in this business coming to you, and they're, they're trying to advise you on what they're doing, might not be the best course of action. So I think mouths shut and ears open, that, again, goes a real long way. Exactly. And I uh, first heard that when I started training back in uh, 2010 with uh, current WWE wrestler Mustafa Ali. Those are his first phrases he said was, eyes and ears open, mouth shut. And I have lived by that since that day. And I continue to live by that because, I mean, you never quit learning in this business. But like you said, yeah, I've I've encountered some rookies and some young upstarts that are just now coming in the business thinking that they know everything and they don't have a pot to piss in. They don't know. They don't know anything yet. Yeah, absolutely. Now I didn't know that. I don't know if I knew that. That you. I think I might have heard it once before, and it spaced my mind that you were kind of trained by Mustafa Ali. What was that like for you? It was a lot of fun. Uh, Mustafa's a great guy. Um, unfortunately, he's only, he only had the one uh, the one training class, and then he went to the WWE. Uh, but I mean, Musaf's a great guy to learn from, and I learned a lot. And once he went to the WWE, I continued wrestling on the independents, and then I met I met Tracy Smothers and uh, continued training with him as well. Have you ever attempted the inverted 450 splash? No, I'm too fat. For, I'm too fat <laughs> for that. I've lost I've lost some weight, but uh, my my fat ass don't go on the top rope. Yeah. I was- yeah, no. <laughs> I was just saying, I don't think I've ever seen you on the top rope, but, you know, stranger things have happened in this business, so I just the, want to have the, a little... The highest, the highest I'll go is the second rope, and that's even pushing it. I okay. mean, that's even pushing it. <laughs> so, I mean, have have you have you done some off the second rope moves in? Like, would you go for, like, a flying clothesline, double axe handle, elbow drop? What kind of moves would you do in those circumstances? Uh, usually I'm doing the double axe handle. I've uh, done a few flying clotheslines. See, I like to uh, 
I'm a big boy, and uh, it's a lot of weight coming down on my knees. And uh, yeah, I've already got bad knees, and I uh, so I like to try to stay on my feet as as much as possible. Okay, yeah, no, and it makes perfect sense. Really, the top rope and even the second rope, they're not for just anybody. So you really, you really need to understand your body and your physical limitations, what you can do in the ring, and just excel at what you know. And I think you are very well doing, well aware, and doing just that. I'm trying. I'm trying. I appreciate that, though. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, man, I'm, I'm just. I keep thinking about what you what you said with the COVID, and I'm so glad that you're still around. Have you had any Have you had any injuries in the ring though? Like when it comes to your wrestling career, has there been any injuries that have set you back? Yeah, so back in uh, 2019, um, yeah, back in 2019, I actually, um, I was in a match and I took a chair shot, um. It was supposed to be a chair shot to the back. The guy swung too high, hit me in the back of the head, and I basically busted my skull open, and I bled like a stuffed pig. And I, I had a severe concussion and ended up getting eight staples in the back of my head. Did that – wow, did that, that end up putting your career on pause at all then? Yeah, I was out for a few months. And then uh, actually a year ago today I broke my neck. Oh, um, I uh, fractured a vertebrae in my neck. They didn't know that I had done it, actually. I was uh, wrestling in Missouri. Or not Missouri, I'm sorry. But I was wrestling in Kansas. And uh, a guy went to suplex me and uh, dropped me square in my head. And uh, it hurt a little bit. But I uh, ended up driving the nine hours back home. And uh, next day, I pretty stiff. So I went to the chiropractor and... Uh, Chiropractor did x-rays, and that's where they found out that I had uh, a fra- fractured vertebrae in the back in my uh, back of my neck. So that uh, definitely put me out out for a little while. I'm assuming your neck's doing better but now, though. Other than that, oh yeah, my, I mean, I still have some sore days, some stiffness, but uh, I'm doing a lot better now. Okay, so other than those two things, you've been pretty fortunate in this business thus far. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, kind of when you get ready for that big wrestling return from either of those injuries, uh, is there more nerves that that's getting to you at that time, or is it more excitement? Are you just like, oh man, I gotta get in the ring and uh, just do what you love to do? Or are you are you a little nervous? Like, let's be honest here. Um, I'm actually pretty excited because I'm excited to come back. I uh, and it's uh, definitely a feel good moment to uh, walk through that curtain again okay yeah i feel like with any wrestling return there's there's excitement i've never really asked that question before but then you know i've never been a wrestler myself so i couldn't help but think maybe there might be some nerves so it's very encouraging to me to hear your response on that yep (laughs) so all right uh we're gonna go ahead and uh kind of wrap things up here is there any other shout outs any upcoming bookings that you want to promote that you uh, want to give you, I'll give you the floor at this time to promote anything you want to that may be coming up. Yeah, no problem. So I actually only have a, uh, only have two more shows for the rest of the year. Um, it takes some time off, you know, I spend some time with my daughter. Um, 
and the only shows I have uh, next Saturday, um, I am in New Breed Wrestling again in Missouri. It's in Warsaw, Missouri. And then on December 10th, I'm back in Missouri in for New Breed Wrestling and out in Missouri. And those are the only two shows I have the rest of the year. Um, I've kind of kind of wind down a little bit. Uh, you know, when my daughter was born, I took a couple weeks off, and I uh, then I went back on the road. And, and I regret to say, and unfortunately, I missed the first year of my daughter's life because I was on the road wrestling. So I uh, and my my daughter is the greatest thing that ever happened to me, and means the world to me. So I uh, take a lot less bookings now, and um, I'm in Missouri every month. That's definite booking. And then, like I said, I uh, I'll wrestle. You know couple more times sporadically throughout the month uh, but i enjoy spending time with my daughter the most as you should i really feel and you know it's no secret that in the professional wrestling business that it it can take its toll and it, it's very common to to miss big events in lives of of your family especially especially your children so to for me to see just that passion and the love you have for your daughter and, and really putting her first in this case and taking the less bookings. I, I feel like, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword in the business, but it's still encouraging for me. I enjoy working with you, but encouraging for me to see what your focus is there. I appreciate that. All right. So we'll go ahead and wrap things up from there. Uh, Tyler, I want to thank you again for coming on to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast today. Really a good, insightful interview and just getting kind of your mindset on different things throughout your career. And again, I'm just, I'm happy to call you a friend and happy that you're still with us, my friend. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you having me on your, te- on your podcast, too. Absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. I also want to give a shout out as I always like to do at the end of these shows. Um, we were not able to have the Facebook live up for this episode, unfortunately, but I do want to still go ahead and shed some light and or sh- give a spotlight to my usual Facebook producer, Ryan Johnson, and for NRG Media Digital Director Kenny Larrabee for the help that they continuously give me each and every week bringing this show to you. And... Um, Tyler, once again, I want to thank you. And uh, for those listening, thank you for listening to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. Again, my name is Johnny Cadillac here with the American outlaw, Tyler Bodine. And thank you. Thank you for everything. And until next time, we will see you then.